0: This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com.
2: The Steelers got to start spending some money soon on a couple of key players on their roster. Contracts are wanted and honestly, in some cases, contracts are deserved. So in this episode of the Steelers Standard, Jacob and I are going to play a little game I like to call pay or nay. The rules of this game are very simple. We are going to talk about Steelers who are on one-year deals or are seeking contract extensions very vocally. And we are going to determine whether or not at this very point we would either pay them or nay. We don't really think that they deserve that extra contract with the Steelers. So let's start with the guy on the defensive side of the (laughs) ball who was kind of in this very spot last year, actually tested the free agency waters, didn't really find much out there, came back on a very, very, very team-friendly deal one year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's safety Terrell Edmonds. Now, before we give our official pay or nay pick for him, uh, Terrell Edmonds is one of the most, I would say, spicy topics when it comes to Steelers players over the past couple of years. There's... A lot of divisiveness, I think, among Steelers Nation when it comes to Edmonds. A lot of people that are very disappointed in him. A lot of people that think that, you know, he's a pretty solid player. But I don't know if there's anybody that really goes to the other end of the spectrum where they're like, he's a superstar in the making still. I don't know if they have that
3: much optimism still. There's certainly not a ton of optimism, but he's also done nothing to really shun you away from wanting to retain him. He's done nothing superb to make you, to make him stand out above the others, but he's also done nothing horribly wrong. To make him feel like, to make a, a fan or a member of the Steelers front office feel like we, there's no reason for us to move forward with Terrell Edmonds on the team, right? He has not, he's not gone to either end of that spectrum.
2: No, he's still 25 years old. Uh, he'll be 26 uh, at one point during the season this year. So. With four years of experience already under his belt and being at age 26, I mean that's just an incredible uh, amount of you know canvas left for him to paint with. He's still got a lot of potential that he can realize in this league. Now, you know the Steelers picking him in the first round. Uh, if you would remember back to that draft class, he was a player of Virginia Tech that was really really good early in his career injuries kind of set him back the year before he entered the draft and that kind of hurt him in a lot of people's eyes and what a lot of people would have probably had as a first round pick maybe fell to the second or third round Steelers decide you know what we're going to take a risk we're going to take this guy in the first round anyway injury be damned we think he can come back and rehab from it and they really couldn't have been more right about that point because the guy never misses a snap never misses a game for the Steelers and as far as did they waste a first round pick on him, I have always come down to the point of no. I think that you know mm-hmm. this guy gives you a lot of availability. He gives you a lot of solid play. Maybe he's not the playmaker you thought he was gonna be when you drafted him then, but you went out and you got another guy at mm-hmm. the safety spot that can take on that role and is better suited to take on that role. So, uh, you know, with my feelings in Terrell Edmonds is that I'm I'm really glad that he is at least back here for this year and. I know it's only one year. I know it's $2.35 million or right around that much money, which is so team-friendly it really makes your head spin. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if he might be able to get more this year, if he has you know, more the same year or, or a little bit of a better year, or is he kind of locked into this pay scale around the league, which could be very beneficial for the Steelers? And you know to kind of wrap things up on a little long-winded statement here on Edmonds, I think I lean towards paying the guy, because mm. just at least based on how this one-year deal and money worked out for it, it kind of feels to me like you're going to get him on a pretty team-friendly deal, so I'd lock I mean, up that's a guy what, who's always on the field for three or four years. That's what you just did this past year, right? But just for that one year, but just still kind of a test year, and I that's guess he can I'm play saying. really
3: well and get more money, which then would make it a little more, you know... We've been saying every year of his career we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for him to really kind of make that next step and be the impressive guy to earn a contract. But again, he hasn't done anything so, so great or so poor that it's made you say, Oh, well, we have to move on without him or we, it, it, it would be so dumb to move on without him. You know what I mean? So I think that the the fact that you got him on a team friendly deal this year, he's going to be another year older. I don't know, I don't see him, if he hasn't done it yet, I can't see him really elevating his game because at least with certain guys, like Bud Dupree is is the guy that comes to mind the most often in recent years, is that you saw a steady incline in numbers. You saw a steady incline in production, even if it didn't reflect via the numbers, you saw it on the field. And that's something that we haven't really seen at Terrell Amins. The numbers have just stayed constant, essentially. A little up, a little down maybe in the years, give or take, but really nothing that stands out to you to say, oh, well, there was a spike in that category or there was a dip in that category. So I think the fact that you got him on this team-friendly deal after another year, maybe playing at the same level, I think it's very possible you can negotiate another team-friendly deal, but this time... In the longer term, I don't know ex- – what, what. how old did you say he'd be next year? He will he turns 26 during this
2: season, okay, so he'll so turn he'll be- 27 next year. So, like, you sign him for a four-year deal, you're going to have him
3: for the right side of 30 for right. most of that deal. And I think it's very possible that the Steelers get that deal done. It seems to me that Terrell Amens likes being here in Pittsburgh. It's the only place he's played. Or he he's, just
2: didn't have a choice this year to go that's, anywhere
3: else. That's a good point, too. But it seems that he's comfortable with his role, right? Pl- playing second fiddle to to make a Fitzpatrick. And, and he obviously has made relationships on this team. So I think that if you were to ask him, would you rather start anew in a different city or continue to play here alongside a really good defense overall, I think he'd probably say, yeah, I'd like to stay in Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, and that's, again, I think I I land on paying him. I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, they kind of did already this year, but you're in the same boat again next season, and I don't know. Maybe the Steelers did a one-year deal because they aren't as, you know, enthralled with him as maybe I think they are or that I would hope that they are that I am, but maybe they're looking at next year's draft class will replace Edmonds or we'll just keep operating on a year-to-year basis with our, our safety spot opposite of Minka, and try to find that real guy that we want to be there, that player that we um, think is going to be better than Edmonds, has more potential than Edmonds. But I just... A, I think you're going to have a tough time maybe finding a player like that, Mm -hmm. obviously. It's just always tough to find good players, especially if you go the draft route. And and B, the biggest advantage of going the route of the draft is that you save yourself money for four, potentially five years on these Mm -hmm. players' deals. But... If Edmonds is going to have a deal that's similar to this one-year deal as far as the average annual salary is, I mean, like if we're talking about a three- or four-year deal for him that's worth $5 million per year, I mean, you're not breaking the bank at all. You're paying a little bit more than you would for a rookie, but I mean, you're getting a lot more experience and you're getting somebody that you know can cut it in the NFL at least and you know is going to stay healthy. So I I pay him, but it's kind of a a tongue-in-cheek saying pay him because... We're saying we're gonna give him a lot of discount money, but just more term is what I'm looking it's for not, next year. Out it's
3: not it. so much when you when you hear people say pay the guy, pay the guy, that typically means a lot of money and a very player friendly kind of contract. When we're using it in this context, it is retain him. Give him enough money to just keep him around. Not so much break the bank to bring back Someone like Terrell relevance it's it's the smart move by the Steelers to bring in a piece that you know personally that you can rely on. This isn't a guy who had done it and played at a consistent, maybe average, maybe a little bit above, maybe a little bit below a time average level for another team. And you're thinking, would well, do we bring this guy in here? Do we pay him to come to our team? No, this is someone who's very familiar with the scheme, with the coaching staff, with the players, in the secondary playing next to him. It, it makes a lot of sense to to work out a deal that maybe isn't the most lucrative for Terrell Edmonds, but it's still putting money in his pocket and gives you a player that you know you can count on.
0: Well, hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs?
2: A player that is literally in the exact same boat as Terrell Edmonds was last year is Devin Bush this year. Uh Terrell Edmonds did not get his fifth year option picked up, and that was a very good move by the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Would have cost them almost triple what they ended up paying him now if they did pick up that fifth year option. So Same thing applies to Devin Bush. They had to decide before this season if they wanted to pick up that fifth-year option. He is due to make around $3 million this year, the highest he's made so far in base salary for a single season since becoming an NFL player. If he were to have had his fifth-year option picked up, that would have meant a $10.75 million payday in that last year of his contract. But since the Steelers declined that, they're obviously doing the same thing they did with Edmonds where they're kind of betting – that they can get him for a little bit cheaper, even if he does have a good year. Now, if Bush has a great year, and he goes out and he really lights it up and kind of trends towards that Devin White area, and I only picked Devin White out because they were drafted in the same class together, the two Devons, Devin White going right before Devin okay. Bush, but if you can get more towards that area of play and he can become a a, a true playmaker in the middle of that or defense and an anchor at that middle linebacker spot, then... I think you could be in a little bit of trouble because those guys are always sought after around the NFL. And it's it's rare that you get someone who would be 25, 26 years old sure. on the market at that level that you can have a bidding war with. So obviously a lot of risk is involved with that. And I really, really hope that what I just described plays out for Devin Bush this year because it means success for the Steelers. I don't think he's going to be bad this year, but I don't think he's going to get to the level where a team's going to go out there and give him five years with an average annual value of $10 million. So I think this is a good move by the Steelers to kind of hold off on this. Mm-hmm. And as far as paying him or neighing him, if that's even the thing, <laughs> as of right now, man, I might lean towards nay. I might lean towards moving on. And I understand how tough that is because right. you've been trying to replace this middle linebacker position for, for, so, long. for so long. And and this is a guy you, you put capital behind, trading up in the draft to get him. And... It's gonna feel like ripping off a band-aid, but you got to do it real fast and just go away from him and walk move on and try to replace that spot with someone else and uh, sometimes you have to understand that you you swung and missed. And I'm not saying that it's a for sure thing done deal that they swung and missed on Devin Bush, but as far as giving him that payment and giving him that next big contract I'm probably going to lean towards an A because I think he's going to want that kind of money as long as he stays healthy throughout this year, no matter how his play is perceived to be.
3: The issue, Tom, is that what happens if he does perform, you know, we were we were trying to give him the benefit of the doubt by saying we get it. You didn't come back fully healthy. Possibly it takes a little bit longer for certain people to rehab. So what if this year, Tom, he comes back in 2022, and doesn't miss a step from his 2019 season or his, or his rookie season in 20 uh, or his rookie season in 2019 and then 2020 before he went down with that injury that's kind of riddled his last two years. What if he comes back? Then the Steelers are in a really big pickle. I think the Steelers are probably better off if he kind of stays neutral, right? Either, he, which is such an ironic thing to say, if he stays neutral and you kind of have the benefit uh, from the team perspective that you had with Terrell Evans where he didn't really pop on anyone's radar and so teams aren't clamoring to sign him and then that gives you the advantage to get him on a more team-friendly deal or if he falls off, then that's probably worst-case scenario because then this is a guy you drafted in the first round, a guy you traded up for, something you don't ever really do from this from this team's perspective at least, and you have to get rid of him what within a 5-year window. That's going to be a tough pill to swallow. But I think it's going to be the hardest decision if he does elevate his game back to a top uh what was it? it he was taken with the number 10 pick overall? Uh yes, that sounds right. He was he traded up uh so was traded up to get him. Yep, number 10 overall. Yep. In the first round, nonetheless, so if he gets his game back up to that level, I I don't know if the Steelers are willing to pay someone like that just because of one year.
2: Yeah, that's tough. Then then you'd really wish that you would have had him do that for three years so you'd have the runway, you Mm -hmm. know, what do they say, what is it called, the proof of concept, like you can't just come up with the idea, you can't just show it one time, you have to show me that it's going to work consistently, and that's the spot they'd be in if you know he has a, a pro bowl all pro caliber kind of season and also enters that unrestricted free agency waters that Terrell Edmonds did last year so there's obviously risks for both for for doing what the Steelers are doing but I think that it's probably the right risk to make at, at this point and the other thing I would say is if that dream scenario does work out and he does blow the doors off of everybody this year and you know, you have to kind of gamble on is that sustainable. And say so you do choose to gamble on it being sustainable. Well, with Mitch Trubisky being on a very affordable deal and Kenny Pickett being on a rookie deal for five years at least, assuming they would pick up that fifth year option. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad news if it gets to the point where they don't do that. But you've got now room to pay a Devin Bush. You've got room now to pay you know a variable that you might have not have accounted for. A year and a half, two years ago, things like that can pop up, and it doesn't have to be an automatic Bud Dupree. Uh, we just have to franchise tag him, and uh, then he has to walk because got enough a a money tied up in our quarterback, enough money tied up in other places. Great. Like you can have guys now on your roster be surprises in this window with rookie contract quarterback, and, and afford to pay them, and afford to be like, "Wow, Devin Bush really blew our socks off. Yeah, he's worth a, a little bit of a raise, and he's worth a little bit of a, a four or five year term deal." So. I think that they've got a little flexibility as far as that's concerned, but your overall point's a good one is that, you know, if they do get to that spot, it's still a gamble because you don't know if that's sustainable or if it was kind of just a flash-in-the-pan year, one great year amongst, you know, seven or eight average ones.
3: And w- and which would
2: you rather? Well, I'd rather him be great this year and then Steelers sign him for five years and he goes on to be a really well, good linebacker.
3: I, I didn't mean it in that sense. I meant... This year specifically, which would you rather? Well, I
2: hope he's great this year. I do. I hope they're in but the spot I, I where have, they have
3: to make that choice. I have a feel. That's. I mean, yeah, obviously you want the guy who's on your team at the moment to have the best year. But do you, don't you think that you're better off if he's only going to give you one good year out of five or one good year out of four that you would just – You'd feel a lot more comfortable throwing money elsewhere, wouldn't you? As, as as the point is, you just made. Or just trying to do it
2: again, like go into the draft and get yeah. another linebacker on the inside. Maybe trade up and grab them. Maybe, hey, you might not be uh, good enough where you don't have to. You might not be good enough where you're not drafting high enough where you have to trade up. Maybe you get a line, Maybe you're drafting like 13 next year, 12 mm-hmm. next year, something like that. Middle linebacker falls there, and you snag them up. Maybe it is time to just go into that. You know game again that roulette spending that roulette wheel at the middle linebacker position but i think you're kind of on the same boat like as as it stands right now even if he just has a year that's meh or a little above average it's probably going to be tough to pay him probably going to be a nay right now when it comes to devin bush
3: yeah it seems that way just because of the uncertainty i think is the biggest factor here on the offensive side of the ball only one
2: guy really comes to mind that is um, really Making, I don't want to say noise, but he's made it known that he wants a contract extension, and that's Deontay Johnson. Um, he is next up offensively. Obviously, he had a pretty solid year last year. I mean, you can't dispute the fact that he was a good, impactful player. He had over a thousand yards receiving. He had eight touchdowns. I mean, he he was a a player that you absolutely want to have on your team. But my question is, do you want to have him on the team at the rumored value and the rumored money that he is supposedly wanting? He wants a big raise, no secret about that. Uh, He's got $2.79 million due to him this year on his last year of the contract. He becomes an unrestricted free agent after this season. And I got to be honest with you, no offense to him at all, just the way that the NFL is these days, mm-hmm. and it seems that there's so many good receivers coming from the college ranks that you're gonna. They might have found two already with Pickens and Austin. I think they did find one with Pickens. That's what I'll definitely put mm-hmm. my name on that at least. But who knows? Second, third, fourth round, you're gonna be able to keep finding guys. And even if Deontay were to leave next year, it's not exactly like you'd be stuck scrambling and you'd need to all of a sudden be relying on a second-year man in Pickens and maybe whoever you drafted in Austin. Like Claypool is a variable here that's very important because he can slide into that, I don't want to say veteran role because he'd still be playing on his first deal, but he could kind of slide into that role of guy who's been here and done that before, a little bit more of a reliable person as far as, I guess, knowing how the Steelers operate, knowing how the Canada offense operates, as he would have been the eldest statesman as the receiver in that offense if Deontay were to leave. So it would be Claypool, Pickens, you have Austin, maybe you draft another guy, maybe you go out and you you get another guy in the mm-hmm. market that's cheaper than Deontay Johnson. I, I like Deontay Johnson a lot. I think that he could be a very, 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 all pro esque player in the NFL, and I meant very close there. Like he can, okay. he can, he can reach that ceiling. I think we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen the consistency yet that would warrant that kind of a a, a credential or an accolade to be laid at his feet. And I got to be honest with you, I lean more towards him probably never reaching his absolute ceiling, and probably being you know low a thousand yards 1200 yards nine touchdowns kind of guy which is good don't get me wrong sure. but I don't know if it's <laughs> worth you know 18 19 million dollars per year which is rumored what he might want in that range the problem is is that that's going to be the market for him or maybe it is worth that. I should rephrase that. Maybe that is what you'd have to pay to get that kind of production in this market. That's what I meant. But, like, I think you can afford to not pay it. I think that that's a spot. I think receiver is now a position where you can exploit an inefficiency in the market. And it's not? I think receivers might be getting a little too overpaid right now. Mm -hmm. So I think you can kind of zig when everybody's zagging. Save yourself some money at that position. Because if you hit on one of these quarterbacks... They're going to make these
3: receivers good. You know that movie, like The Big Short, talking about like a housing market bubble? Yeah, of course. Do you there's think there's maybe. a wide receiver Ray bubble receiver going bubble? on? I I think the Chiefs... Where teams are really just... You th- you're you saying the Chiefs and the Packers probably did themselves a favor? Long term. Yeah. They might feel negative effects of this Especially first Especially the Packers season, not giving Aaron Rodgers any weapons. Anybody to work with. Except for Christian Watford. So
2: maybe this first season you feel a little bit of the impact, but I bet they, they they'll go heavy in the draft next year, the Chiefs. I mean, as far as the receiver's concerned, they'll look at... Not top tier free agents, but maybe a, a lesser one. And maybe this thing with Kelsey works. And all he needs is a little supplemental help from a Juju out there or something like that. So I think that the Chiefs and the Packers in the long term might have done themselves a favor. Get out from underneath those contracts, go younger, go cheaper at that position. You can probably find a pretty impactful playmaker if you do so. So I kind of feel like the Steelers are going in that same direction. I kind of feel like the Steelers are in that same boat. I will say this though, and he's not a part of the game because he's
3: I was gonna I was gonna bring this up too. I'm glad you're doing it.
2: Now. I think only one of them is gonna stay, Claypool or Deontay. It's kinda which, like the Wallace Brown situation. Like which, only so one, which, not to say that they're as good as Wallace around, but well, only one can stay. I and mean remember they're both, they're both capable of being as good
3: as Mike Wallace.
2: Remember though, and this is important to remember the Steelers wanted to keep Mike Wallace. They offered him the contract mm-hmm. before Brown. Wallace wanted to test free agency, the Steelers then shifted over to Brown, signed him long term. Great decision. Absolutely. A little gift from the heavens above for Mike Wallace to turn down that contract. But I think you're kind of in that same boat here now. And they're setting themselves up to be able to make that decision where you pay one, you let the other one walk, and then you have Pickens, you have Austin's, you have whoever else is going to come through the door to help fill in the role when one leaves.
3: And then you – exactly. And then you have them for, what, the next three to four years and – you develop may, them, and then, then maybe you, you let
2: Claypool walk. Say you sign Claypool, you let him walk. Then, then you're signing Pickens to the second contract. Then you have guys. And it's just a very it's just good a cycle. succession plan. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think you signed both Deontay and Chase.
3: Okay, so my question is: Would you rather pay Deontay this year and let Ch- Claypool go after next year, or the reverse? Let Deontay go after this year and keep cl- keep Claypool, and you pay him next year. Based on their play
2: to the to date, I'd rather keep Deontay. Maybe sign him this year. Mm-hmm and then let Claypool go, but I think Claypool has a lot to say about that this year, and I think he could say a lot about it this They're year. They're both going to have to say a lot about it. I think, obviously, Claypool's toolbox is, is more loaded than Deontay's, but I think he's yet to really show the ability to tap do, into a level that Deontay has.
3: Do there. you think it'll help more Claypool or Deontay, having, whether it's Mitch or Kenny throwing the ball compared to Ben and what was evidently a very rough end to his career. Well, I'd be worried if I'm Deontay because Deontay was number one to yeah, Ben. Like Ben's was, guy was Deontay. He
2: had the the connection with mm-hmm. Ben starting to develop, starting to grow. Ben felt comfortable, you know, going to 18 a lot more. So maybe, you know, you look at it as, a, uh, oh, no, I'm losing my guy. I need to really break in a new guy when I was making so much progress with the old guy, the old boss. And Claypool can look at it as, uh, and not that Ben ignored Claypool, but he can say, hey, wasn't really, you know, connecting, you know, mentally with Ben like maybe Deontay was. Mm-hmm. This is a fresh slate now for me. I can completely, you know, it's a it's an even playing field for all of us wide receivers because Mitch wasn't here last year at all, and Kenny was working out in the college level of the facility for the past five years. So only one they're familiar with is Mason, and even though he's number two right now on the depth chart, I don't know if that's really... Gonna be a viable option, but I I think we're both leaning
3: towards nay on Deontay too. I'm leaning towards on nay of keeping two wide receivers from this this duo. Whether it's Deontay or Claypool, I don't see either of them. I don't see both of them being a sealer for the long term. Right? I don't think it's fair to just say it's only Deontay because what if Deontay lights it up this year and Claypool doesn't? Then the answer is obvious. You give Deontay the contract. You let Claypool, you let Claypool go the year following. But if it's the reverse, then it's it just there's going to be a solution, right? You're going to pay one guy. It's just which guy is going to step up and finally take the mantle, not as the number one guy, but as the guy that you're comfortable paying for the long term. Last guy, but certainly not
2: least, and probably the most obvious answer on this list, Minka Fitzpatrick, expecting him to potentially hold in come training camp at St. Vincent's. He was a hold in for the mini camps and the OTA sessions there, but not participating in the team stuff. So, Probably expect more of the same. Probably expect a lot of similar uh, stuff like you saw with T.J. Watt last year. Steelers will have until that first day against first game against Cincinnati Bengals to get a deal done with him. I do expect a deal to get done before that first game against the Cincinnati Bengals. I expect Minka to, on an average annual basis, make more than Jamal Adams with that deal, which is 17.5, which is the highest for a safety. So I expect him to eclipse that mark, and I expect the Steelers to not have any trouble whatsoever eclipsing that mark with him. And I think he's worth it. I think you have to pay to keep those elite players on each level of your defense cam up front TJ in the middle. And of course Minka on the back end. So pay that man, pay that man, pay that man again, I want to see a record-setting contract as far as Mm safety is concerned, or at least a high-water mark as far as safety is concerned. I want him to be happy. I want him to get his money. And I wouldn't actually be too opposed with doing the same thing you did with TJ and just kind of waiting through all of training camp so he doesn't really – Get nicked up too bad. You know what you're getting out of Minka, and he's there. You see him staying in shape, so it's not a
3: worry about that either. This is by far the biggest no brainer of this entire episode. Isn't yeah, you it? gotta pay him. Pay him, pay him, pay Whether him. Whether it's in the negative for guys like Bush or Deontay or in the positive for Edmonds, absolutely you pay him. Right now that you've paid TJ, now is where you shift your focus to Minka. It's, it's clear as day. And that's, I honestly, and the pecking order is probably Bush
2: and Edmonds, they'll deal with them next season. Yeah. The pecking order, as far as guys that want it now, is Minka is first, and then Deontay will deal with. Like that's probably what the communication is with the Steelers, because that's how the Steelers operate, and they always have. You know, we have to pay this guy first. Dale Ollie was was talking to us on the Mark Madden show. Listen to the drive, obviously, mm-hmm. great podcast with him and Matt Williamson here at part of our, our family of podcasts uh, at Steelers.com. dot com, but. You know, he was saying, no, no one in the secondary makes more than Troy Polamalu, and if a contract's up like that, he's the first one that gets done before someone else. Before anyone else, like it's, it's a hierarchy that the Steelers have always operated under, and he he said that he thinks Deontay understands that, and there's been open communication between the two parties where the Steelers are saying, look, we will talk to you about a deal, but Minka's first in line. Mm -hmm. Like Minka's got Minka. If we're at the deli counter right now, he's got number one ticket, and you've got number two. Like he's got to go first. I'm going to help him. Once we got him all settled, then we will focus our attention on to you. And I think that might hurt Deontay a little bit to the point where that full-on negotiating window is going to be small because, I again, I don't expect the Minka deal to really be done until closer to the end of training camp. So you kind of save him from training camp and kind of do a mutual hold-in where you don't get him hurt. So he's next up. He's first in line. He's going to get his big contract. And again, mm-hmm. he's, he's a no-brainer to pay. With all the money you have now from Ben, and of course, to it's retirement. It's it's a no no-brainer. You got to make this happen.
3: And there's no one that I could ever see within the collective Pittsburgh media or devoted fans. I would say I don't know if we should pay this guy.
2: No, everybody I think is on the right track there. Right. Is that they want him to be paid. Maybe it's,
3: maybe you can have them you get the
2: minutiae argument of should he be the highest paid safety. That's well, that's the, that's, the only that's pushback not so you much, might get, That's but not it's so never much. never the don't sign him.
3: That's not so much. Is it, yeah, you don't sign him. It's that's a league wide question. Is Mika Fitzpatrick deserving of being the highest paid safety? Maybe for a year, because guess what? And within a year or two, someone, someone else. else would be. So it doesn't mean because he'll be the highest paid safety that he's the best. It's just going to mean that he's that guy. And that'll, that'll that crown will will very quickly be snatched from him. Nope. Just the natural order of the NFL. No doubt about it. That'll do it for this episode
2: of the Steelers Standard. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. For Jacob Brecht, I am Tom Opferman. We will talk to you on the next episode of the Steelers Standard.